0: I'm Digital Content Director Vinnie Driscoll, and on this episode, I am joined by a panel of promo folks for an in-depth roundtable discussion about social media and mental health. How has it impacted us negatively? What have we done to mitigate risks? Which networks are the most dangerous? We'll be talking about all that and more. Welcome, everyone, and happy World Mental Health Day.
1: Hello. World hey. Mental Health Day.
0: Yes, yes. This is a great this is a great conversation I've got lined up here and what better day for this. Um, you know, this is one that I'm really looking forward to. Um obviously I've I've reached out to five promotional products professionals, including myself, all of whom are active and engaged in social media. And I'm gonna pick your brains with a variety of questions. I got five or six questions I'm gonna ask you. Um should take about an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes. Um, it's all geared towards social media and mental health. If you're watching live, please feel free to drop comments and questions in the chat and we'll try to get to them at the end. Now I'm gonna start with some brief intros uh, before we get into the questions. Um, so can you just, I'm gonna go around the room, and just uh, you know, go real quick who you are, what, what business you work for and how long you've been in the industry. Amanda, I'm gonna start with you.
2: Hi, I am Amanda Delaney. I am the marketing manager for Hirsch Gift here in uh, Houston, Texas. Been in the industry for a little over 20 years,
0: so. Oh, wow, 20 years. Started when I was
2: 12 and a half.
0: (laughs) Oh, nice, (laughs) I like that. All right, um, Javi. Hey,
3: Javier Melendez, I'm a national sales executive with Walker Clay and I've been in the industry, not since 12, but since 16.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, um,
3: Mandy.
4: Hi, I am Mandy Rudd, I'm in Kansas City i've got a distributorship called Brand energy marketing i have been in the business Boy, 12 is like a lucky number today uh since 2012 uh, and then opened my company in 2013.
0: charity
5: hey guys charity gibson i am national account coordinator and marketing aficionado at careless uh in addition what most people i don't know how many people know or don't know but i run social media for nine of the top industry suppliers as they content production person and um, strategist behind the scenes and then also just recently took back over the social media for Promo Kitchen and yeah so 23 years in the industry about half of it has been spent using social media so if I look like my brain is fried and I never sleep that's probably true.
0: and that's why we're here today <laughs> that's that, why we're here today <laughs> yeah that's right and Savannah
1: Hi, I'm Savannah Dimitru. Um, All my friends call me Sav, so just feel free to do that. Um, I work for Team SCG. Um, I am an account executive. I am a little bit greener in the industry. I am going on three years now, um, but I am a product of COVID, and I am happy to be here. (laughs) I haven't been doing this since I was 12, nor have I been doing it for 12 years.
0: (laughs) Well, that's great that's great. we have somebody with with the uh perspective of newer eyes and we have you know those of us including myself i'm um, vinnie driscoll i've been at asi for about 15 years i've uh, been doing social media just probably almost as long since 2009 um so there's a lot of experience on this panel there's some inexperience but you all bring a great perspective here and i want to kind of pick your brains about social media and mental health today on uh, mental health day now uh, of course, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to, to uh, you know jump in the chat. We're streaming live on LinkedIn and we're streaming live on Facebook. So let's talk about a time um, when you realized social media was impacting you in a negative way. Um, and what were the telltale signs? I'm going to start with you, Javi.
3: So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people know me like for TikTok and stuff like that. And one of the things with TikTok, you know, just me like I found I was scrolling for hours and hours and it, it's a badge of honor when you the TikTok notification like there's a safety check if you scroll for over I think it's 90 minutes it pops up and says why don't you go eat something have something to do put the phone down for a bit and I kept getting that repeatedly and noticing it was taking away from other things in my life so um, because of that I started noting I wasn't getting where I wanted to be and some other things so uh, put put the kibosh on that. Put some t- time limits in place, and it's uh, greatly improved um, my day to day.
0: So, what were some of the telltale signs? And you uh, did you have physical, mental um, telltale signs? I would just
3: have you just have blocks. Uh, it's it's hard to explain. So you just don't feel right. You know, you're kind of just running through the motions day by day. You're not really pushing yourself to get to where you want to be. Um, you kind of seem a little distant with people, a little short-sighted, which um, I already have RBF. So, you know, my face sometimes is not always the most inviting. Uh, So that just really took it to the next level. And I said, I got to put that on, put that in the can and throw the can out. So, uh, or recycle it. So, uh, you know, that's uh, one thing that uh, I noticed. And by putting, noticing that, Recognizing it and uh, taking some advice from some some peers, including some on this panel, um, it helped me turn things around. I'm having a banner year this year.
0: Well, that's that's great to hear, Javi. Thanks for sharing. Um, all right, Mandy, what about you?
3: So, I think I'm going to speak about
4: this from the perspective of someone who is parenting a teenager. Um, you know, a lot of kids define their sin and grownups too. I mean, we all define. A lot of them define their status by how many likes they get on a post. Um, You know, I posted things and Henry will ask me, my son who's 14, he's a freshman in high school, and he'll ask me, you know, hey, did your post get any likes? Or am I, you know, honestly, I I don't know. I mean, we can go look together. Um, But the thing that I think is most troubling about social media specifically with their age group is they see things that they weren't invited to. They weren't invited to hang out with their friends. They weren't invited to a party. If there's bullying involved, it doesn't stop when they walk in the door, get off the bus from school. It continues. Um, it's like their world and their existence is defined by what they see on social media, um, what they have available to them. And I think with them in that specific age group, uh, the responsibility of using a phone, which they don't even use as phones, um, it comes with extreme highs and extreme lows. Um, I would say that um you know, it gives them a dopamine rush. It gives all of us a dopamine rush when we see something or someone reacting to in a positive way to something we've posted. Um, you know, there's a documentary called The Social Dilemma. And if you haven't seen it, I would encourage everyone to see it. Um, it speaks to this in, in, in droves along with many other things. Um, but I always, you know, kids can be super mean and hateful and awful and hide behind the words that they put out there. And I have seen it firsthand with kids in Henry's age group, what it does to their mental well-being and how it exists, it, it defines their existence. And so the word of advice to all parents is tell your kids, and we are guilty of it, and we need to do it too, but you don't put things out on social media that you wouldn't say in a room full of people or as kids that you wouldn't say to your friends if their parents were in the same room. And I tell my son that whatever you put out on text or social media, parents are reading it. So for me, I wrap all of this into that part of it is parenting a kid who has social media access.
0: Yeah, um, Mandy, I'm the same way. My daughter's fourteen, um, and I know at mm-hmm. least one other person on this call has uh, children of the age to use social media. And uh, to me, I think there there is a challenge there as well as you know protecting them, but also trying to protect yourself. Um, so that's you know. T- to me, I feel like that's almost like in throwing the pandemic, you know, and then you've got yourself like a, a lot of challenges there uh, from social media and mental health perspectives. Um, Savannah, I'm gonna go to you on this one.
1: Yeah, so I think social media its such a fine line between being this creative outlet, but also you have access to unlimited content. And with all of that like limitless, you know, ability to connect, to be informed, to hear all these, like, opinions comes a little bit of baggage, you know? Um, I've kind of, I've gone through highs and lows with it as far as, you know, I often need to disconnect um, at the end of my day. I'm busy with work. I'm trying to produce content to, like, remain relevant on social. But then also, like, I have to take care of myself. And sometimes, you find yourself, I find myself at least, like thinking about what I could have done better or, you know, like this new trend and how I'm gonna apply it to like what I'm doing next and how that relates to our industry and like almost kind of like an obsession. Um, while like in times of me trying to disconnect and just like kind of decompress with all the other chaos that's going on in real life so you know that looks like slight obsession um but also kind of like it just sticks with you and it lingers and i think that that's that's a problem because even when you're out of it you're not necessarily disconnected which then therein lies like the issues with notifications like i i have i have a very strong grasp on my do not disturb because i like if i am disturbed Maybe I have like a little like ADHD in me, but I will get so derailed. Um, mm-hmm. Like if I see like somebody like pops in, and I see everybody shaking their heads, there, yeah, that's relatable. <laughs> <laughs> that's relatable. Um, but yeah, like you can you can just get so derailed by it, and then it it can be a little bit like counterproductive when you're when you're really just trying to be, you know, a place of like valuable information, valuable content, but then it kind of like bounces back to you on like the opposite effect.
0: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, you're alluding to to me like FOMO, you know, fear of missing out and that whole like when I disconnect, what am I missing? And I I think we all struggle with that. Uh, I certainly now with TikTok and now that I'm obsessed with TikTok, to me, I feel like I was doing so well for a long time. And then now TikTok and now I'm like I'm glued to my phone. And that's a subject for another day. You know, I blame Javi because he was. I warned you all. He was one of the first two who, uh, who really got me into TikTok, And, you know, now that I'm on it, it's like I was resistant and now it's, it's like, I want to see what's going on. What, what are people doing? You know, it's just crazy how addicted you can be to social media and putting in place like, Hey, restrictions, I'm going to, you know, not put, you know, have my phone notify me after a certain time you find yourself still checking, you know, you find yourself going to your phone. Um, Charity, I want to hear from you.
5: Okay. Well, one, you mentioned um, being online. You don't realize how much time passes. In five years, I will have joined Facebook 20 years ago. That, to me, is 20 years of signing in every day. Mark Graham said, Charity, you've never missed a day of Facebook in your life. So that's why you should do social media for businesses. It's like, okay, great. And I look back over 20 years of memories and 20 years of everything. And everything I do goes on Facebook originally because it was like, that's my photo album and my memory keeper Um, and then there's a second portion of that which is um, what i'm dealing with like right now in my life and um it's just tough it's no matter how much you put out there um someone is always going to tell a story about you and you can put out as much information as you want and based on their own perspective whatever glasses that they're wearing socioeconomic status we talked about this a little bit before we jumped on the call but Did they grow up in poverty? Did they grow up wealthy? Did they grow up on the East Coast? Did they grow up on the West Coast? Did they have a two parent family, a one parent family? Did they have siblings or no siblings? So, like, even if I say the word Bill, all of us right now probably just got a different thing in their head based off of that. You know, what picture did you get in your head when I said Bill? Was it Bill Petrie? Was it an election bill? Was it a $100 bill? Was it, you know, what kind of bill was it? Was it a bill of sale for a house? Was it an electoral bill like that's going to Congress? There are 17 different uses of the word bill. So when I say something on Instagram or put a picture up on social media, that can get twisted around so many different ways and it's impossible to know which way somebody's going to take that bill. Um, so that's just something that I'm struggling with is that no matter how hard to try to tell your story, people are always gonna see it through their lens with their bias and there's nothing you can do to change that. And then to Savannah's point, um, one of the things that I even told about, you guys have probably heard me say this a million times, um, one, make, make Facebook fun again, but two, I told everybody, I'm like, I'm not going on TikTok, please let the kids, like adults stay off of it, let the kids have their platform marketers ruin everything. Why does everything we do have to be work related? Why do I have to get off of Instagram or off of my email inbox? And I I see social media as like a virtual smoke break, right? (laughs) I don't smoke, I barely drink. So for me, it was like, I'm going to social media, which I am 100% addicted to. But I'm like, I wanna look at cute house decor. I wanna look at all outfits. I wanna look at stupid memes that make me laugh my pants off. I don't wanna see stupid promotional products, no offense, but nobody does it right to the point where I'm entertained enough to actually wanna see that in the middle of my day. And that's what I'm the most frustrated with is I need somewhere to go that's not infiltrated by markers. And so for me, social media has always been like, oh, you're so good at social media. How do you do it? I'm like, because I'm just human on social media. I don't have really an agenda. I put down things out that are interesting to me and I hope that they're interesting to other people but where it gets exhausting and where it gets taxing is that everybody's just always trying to fucking sell something so yeah. yeah. like
0: that's no, all right.
5: <laughs> let us turn off.
0: Like
1: yeah.
5: that's the biggest thing for me is let us turn off and two, just always try and think about what you're reading, what you're seeing, what you're hearing what lens are you looking at that through are you looking at through your lens with your bias and the things that you've done throughout your life to get to that point or are you looking at things through the lens of the person who's posted it you know i can post a picture of my boat that i don't have that i rented for the day people like oh look at that blah, that great view whatever and i'm like one if you know my story it's like oh good for you charity most people but some people are like that jerk you know like oh she's so flashy or she's such a show off or whatever and then there's other people that are way wealthier than me it's like Good job, kid. You think you can afford a better pond too? Like you're probably right. judging the pants off of me. There is no way to win on social media. So I guess my, my point is you just have to kind of try to stop winning. And that's what I'm working on right now is I don't care. Like I really don't care. Say what you want, think what you want. I'm posting on social media for me. So either love it or hate it, but
0: yeah, those are some good points, uh, Charity. And I know that, you know, I, I talk about it too about a lot of people just go to social media to get away from business, you know, so think about, and Taylor Boris had a great uh, quote from our last round table discussion. She said that, you know, put put content into the world that you would want to consume, you know? So when you think about your social media strategy from a business perspective, you know, you don't have to post about business. You can have fun. You know, the people who succeed in, in our industry, in any industry, are people who are, putting, who are putting content out there that has really nothing to do with with their business it's it's they're having fun they're jumping on trends uh they're entertaining you know that to me I think works really well um so yeah you know those are great points and Amanda I want to hear from you on this one as well
2: yeah I think to, to answer the original question um I first realized that social media was impacting me negatively, probably around the end of 2019. Um, I've spoken about it before. I lost my job. I was going through a breakup. There's just, you know, a lot of things happening, getting ready to go to this big industry trade show that none of us thought would be the last time, you know, we, we'd see each other. I end up moving home. So much shit was happening in my life. And I had spent the previous couple of years, you know, I think I was kind of one of those early adopters of using social media for promo. And as I always tend, tend to be, and I, I was so used to having to post things, whether it was about my life or whether it was, you know, taking something tragic that I'd been through and trying to inspire other people with it. All of a sudden, I didn't have anything inspiring to say. And um, if I'm putting out the things are really hard right now, content to Charity's point, that's often what people stick with, right? It's like that one Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. Everybody forgets the good that he did, but you never forget how he.
3: How timely of a reference, by the way. I just want to point out.
2: Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he's remembered for. Yep. I like... <laughs> so I feel like I've kind of like fought this uphill battle, but at the same time, it's like I did that to myself. Well, did I do that to myself, or is it like Charity's point? You're just you're you're putting stuff out there. This is who I am. I don't know how to be anything else, and. Anyway, so yeah, it was right around 2018, right before the pandemic hit when I was kind of going through my own personal pandemic and, you know, moving back home to Washington State, a place I did not want to go back home to. And you just, you find yourself scrolling and you find yourself looking and things pop up and names pop up and you're not getting the likes on social media. Now that I do it for a living and I did it freelancing for a while during the pandemic, I get algorithms. So that the, the no likes, the, what that part of it doesn't really bother me anymore. Um, I understand insights and so on, but then I didn't. And so I'm not getting any likes and whether or not people are literally going through a pandemic, are they, I'm not the first thing on anybody's mind, just like other people weren't on mine, you know, we're all dealing with it, but that's your reality at the time. And so um, when you're posting something similar to what somebody else is posting and they're getting a ton of likes, but you're not, it's, you can tell yourself all day, every day that people are, you know, putting their best selves on social media and it's, it's not real. It's not real. It is real. It's still our lives, you know? And again, your your perception at that time, it doesn't matter. And especially when you throw in things like depression, anxiety, ADHD, OCD, whatever other acronyms I personally have going on inside of my head that I've been very open about, you're depression makes it so much worse on top of that. Your anxiety makes it so much worse on top of that. And that's a chemical imbalance up here that you can't control. So how do you fix it? Do you scroll on social media to look for tips and tricks and how to beat this? No, because you get sucked back in. You know what I mean? So really throughout the whole pandemic, I kind of had to I'm look, look at things a little bit differently. Um, but that all comes from internal struggles too. Right. I had a lot of time with my therapist figuring out like why this is bothering me on social media, or if I see something that makes me feel some type of way. And I still keep looking like, why are you still looking? You know, that, right, that falls right. on us as individuals, but, um, yeah, 2018 really through, through social.
0: Yeah. For me. Yeah. Well, for me personally, um, <laughs> I know the date, you know, I know I, I can pick out you know, a bunch of instances, but I know a specific date it was March eleventh, twenty twenty. This was two days before the United States just shut down. But just two days uh, prior, it was it was a Wednesday. As I said, the NBA shut down. Tom Hanks announced that he had COVID, and I saw nothing but people rushing stores for pa- for toilet paper. And I was like, I went down this this rabbit hole of. Like, is this the end of the world? Like, I really got sucked into this very dark um, area of social media where people were just talking about this is it, this is the end, markets are going to crash, bubble, blah, blah. you know. And I'm all, you know, I'm already one of these guys who's who's, you know, more nervous than most people, you know. And I read this stuff and I'm susceptible to it, vulnerable, and I went to a really dark place. And the pandemic kind of sort of magnified social media's effect on me personally. Um, And that's when I realized not, not just then, but a month or two later that I was in it deep, but I thought I was, Hey, I can't be the only one going through this. Right. Like we're all going through this. Right. And my wife is like, we're going to be okay. Like relax, you know? And she's like, we have two kids. I don't need a third kid. I need you to, to, to step up and I need you to be there mentally. And, you know, I was like, I was really in a dark place. Um, so to me, I feel like I had to get away from And this is gonna be our transition question. I had to get away from social media. So let, let, let me throw out this next question. Um, what have you done to help mitigate the negative impact social media has had on your uh, mental um, health? Now I'm gonna start with you on this one, Mandy.
4: I only look at dog and animal and pet videos. Um, it's funny so there is you know there are teams of engineers not to be all you know conspiracy weird theory but there are teams of engineers who work like you said on those algorithms and they're engineering um, and catering to our you know the psychology of what we're looking at it's not an accident that you'll be looking at or talking about you know a dominoes game the next thing you know you've got a dominoes ad you know whether it's pizza or the game uh pop up in your socials. so
1: we're all gonna get those ads right after what's this? that <laughs> we're, we're all gonna get domino's yep. ads
4: it would be a shame if we all had winning lottery numbers too <laughs> <laughs> um, so we there. But, you know my my point to that is that you know i tend to try and find things that i find positive uh you know to look at, to look at and then i'm sorry i just got sidetracked by you know pizza and games um <laughs> But, you know, what was that
3: about notifications? <laughs> that? What was what are you just saying about notifications popping up? You yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but you know, you talked about the beginning of the pandemic, and it's—I I hate that you were in in, a, in that dark place. I mean, the world, as we knew it, completely changed, and I think for me, I had the opposite experience in that it was sort of a, okay, what are you doing today? Which puzzle are you doing? Oh, look, I'm wearing the gray sweatpants today. Um, Or you know, I had, for whatever reason, seemed to buy an overabundance of provolone cheese. And it's like, okay, what are we making with provolone today? And then my worlds collided and I made these little cookie cutter pieces of provolone cheese and it was like a provolone puzzle. And that's when I realized I am probably losing my mind with this. (laughs) But um, you know, again, going back to the original question of what am I doing to help mitigate it? And again, I will take it back to um, parenting in that I have restrictions for his phone. It stays in my room overnight on school nights. he doesn't have it. It's you know 10 o'clock at night is the cutoff, 10: 30. There's always an argument, even though every day he knows I'm taking it. Um, it stays in my room. Um, just you know, that barrage and ticker tape of Snapchat, and, you know, all the things coming at them, we have to decompress. And I will admit, you know, you know Sam, like, you said it right from the beginning, and I'll get, then I'll scroll and I'll just kind of, you know, see what's going on, what's out there, what my friends have posted pictures of my friend's kids or cute dog stories and things like that. That's sort of what I look for, but it can take you down a rabbit hole um, of next thing you know, you're like, oh, I've been on, my phone is hot. I, I probably should probably, you know, turn that off. So um, taking a break, stepping away, Trying to find the positive um, in the things that you you know you see out there. So, so it's for
0: you. It's 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 self regulation for you. So uh-huh. you so you're you're basically disciplining yourself to to step away uh, to only look at the content that that you feel is best for your mental health.
4: Oh, for sure. I'll see political things that I agree with or disagree with, and whether I agree or disagree, I'm like you know what, I'm just going to scroll past that. Um, and that's not to say I'm successful at self-regulating my time on there either. I do have a very strict dinner table, no phones at the dinner table rule. Mm-hmm. So whenever it you know, it's family time, put your phone away, you know, my son, I'll get a message. i like, Henry, unless either one of us are curing cancer, we can, there's not a cell division question that we can right, answer right. at the moment. We can answer that when we're done with it, you know? So yeah. I think making sure that you're, you know, strict with those policies. Yeah. So. Discipline. discipline.
0: I like that. All right, Savannah.
1: So anything that like brings my mental health into question, my answer is always boundaries, 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 um, whether that be like, do not disturb. That's an obvious one, not always a successful one, but it's, it's a great place to start. Um, there are, you know, different settings where you can limit your time on specific apps. Um, but even like for me, I have like specific times during the day where I allow myself to be on my phone but also times during the day that I don't allow myself to be on my phone. Um, First and foremost would be, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I don't look at my phone until after I do my full morning routine um, because I want to start my day off like in control of it and not a slave to my phone. Um, Whereas, um, you know, when I'm done with my day, I put my phone on do not disturb and I'll be sitting on the couch and it will be nowhere near me because like even, you know, social, social notifications we've talked about, but even like work notifications, you know, like, like Mandy said, like, we're not curing cancer. Nobody, you know, needs to be pinging me at midnight about a problem that I'm going to be addressing in the morning because I'm literally just going to think about it all night long. Same with social. You know, you get a nasty comment on something that, like, that you put out there, or something to that effect. That's going to sit with you all night, and that's going to affect you. I mean, we're hu- we're human, as Cherry said, and that that stuff sits with you. Um, so, really having those boundaries around what you do allow and what you don't allow. Um, also, like, I don't I don't look at my phone when I'm in my bedroom. It's strictly like, my bedroom is just for sleeping, and, you know, like, ha- like, it drives me crazy, like, even when I see blue light in my bedroom, um, just, that's, like, your, your screen light. It, for whatever reason, my eyes have become, like, super sensitive to it as well, like, these are blue light blockers, um, but just, like, having specific times, specific places, and just really firm, like, staying really firm within those boundaries of like when you can look at your phone and when you can't look at your phone has been really helpful for me as well as like um really becoming in tune with things that make you feel good um so this kind of goes back to the pandemic as well um when the world kind of stopped and you had time to like look inward and say wow like you know, scrolling through social media all day while like I've been furloughed for the past three weeks and I don't really know where like the direction of my life is going. Like that didn't make me feel good. That's for sure. Um, you know, but what did make me feel good going outside, going for a walk, talking to a friend, reading a book, doing something productive. So, um, whenever I do feel myself t- start to spiral a little bit, like I try to incorporate movement. I try to incorporate reading not on the phone um the kindle's great maybe even a paper book um but nonetheless like finding things that make you feel good and also just being aware of things that like make you not feel good i mean nobody looks at those political posts and like wow i have sunshine and rainbows inside me right now that's not the reality of it. no matter where you stand on any of those issues you're not feeling good looking at those posts because they're toxic
0: and I'll tell you something right now, I don't know what it's like by you guys, but I live in Pennsylvania and the the elections for November in Pennsylvania has brought out the worst in people because we have a, a huge Senate race going on here and it's nothing mm-hmm. but negative political attack ads. And it always happens mm-hmm. around this time of year, whether mm-hmm. or not you're in a uh, election year or if it's midterms or, or whatever it is, y- you seem to get all that real negative um content that comes through and it's like has nothing these people post nothing about their candidate but it's all attacks about the other guy and it's Mm -hmm. then you get sucked into like the negativity of you know the comments and people piling on and it it can be really bad but i like i love the answer uh sav boundaries it's it's again part of self-regulation also um you know trying to get outside try to be active and and that's kind of um, you know, I think is is also important when you work in social media charity. I would,
4: I would say, I would spark- add one thing. I would sorry to interrupt, but I would add one thing to what you said, Seven, That you know, especially again, I apologize. I keep coming back to kids, but you know, there's do as I say and do as I do. Mm-hmm. Kids are watching. You know, they see if you're picking up your phone while you're driving. They see if you are saying no dinner time, to, you know, no dinner table, and then you've got your phone. So I would add to that that with the boundaries, make sure that you are doing what you're telling your kids to do, and then also.
0: You That's a great it. point. Great wow. point. I have a five-year-old yeah. and he, you know, I tell him, Don't do that, and I do it. And he's like, then he then I see him doing it later. And I'm like, why? I told you not to do it. He's like, you do it. And I'm like, mm, okay.
4: You're very ready. humbling when your kid calls
0: yes. you out for doing yes.
4: something.
0: <laughs> All right, charity, you're up.
5: Yeah. Well, just along those lines, one of the things I posted the other day on Instagram ironically was <clears throat> um, about kids needing to be messy and kids needing to be loud. And just the reminder that I'm never going to hold my child to a higher standard than I'm able to hold myself to. Um, we are all human. Whether we're 9, 19, 29, or 99, we're human beings. And you know none of us are going to be perfect. Um, so that, to me, is just a, a big reminder. Um, along those same lines, uh, there are certain things that I am incredibly disciplined about. My house, immaculate. You can't move a crumb or turn a cup upside down or move it sideways. My kids mess with me all the time when they put one plate in the wrong place or one cup upside down drives me absolutely insane but i found that i don't really have great um boundaries when it comes to social media obviously um i pride myself on being the three minute response time at two o'clock in the morning and Mm -hmm. i don't know i even wrote a blog about how um you know being able to keep up is a competitive advantage and i do think it is Um, but i know that there's a cost that comes to that so i'm not you know ignorant to that Um, but i also enjoy that the thing that i don't enjoy Um, Is the negativity on Facebook and the political ads and the divisive stuff somebody the other day was uh, we were at dinner and they were talking about how he wanted to start a news network. He's like, I'm just going to post all positive things. It's going to be dogs and cats. It's going to be happy things. And I said, Cool. You'll be bankrupt and go out of business. And he's like, What? Why? Like, it would be so fun. Like, everybody's looking for positivity. I'm like, They might like positivity, but we engage with negativity. There's a reason that People Magazine and TMZ exists. There's a reason that we watch the Kardashians. I don't personally, but that people do. We thrive off of that as human beings, and it's pretty sickening. Um, and until people are. Um, intentional about making that change. It's, you know, I don't know if it'll ever even stop, even if we were intentional about it. So for me personally, um, I realize your diet is not just what you eat, right? It's what you read. It's what you hear. It's what you listen to. It's what you watch. And so I've intentionally, like if I, there's a lot of people, I don't accept their friend requests on Facebook. I'm like, I'm not, I'm sorry. I don't like you in person that much. I'm really not going to sign up to have what's unabridged in your mind assaulting me um, every day when I open up my Facebook page, and um, message mentioned, um, you know, opinions, and like that's what it is. We're abused by people's opinions all day long, and very rarely is it uh, backed up by factual information. And even if it is backed up by fact, it's not an unbiased source. Everybody says my this and my that, and you go back to bias, and it's like, well, this is impacting how this person sees this, and this is impacting how this person sees this. So this could be truth, and this could be truth with. different set of variables and both are true enough so um i was very intentional about curating my feeds my facebook feed if i see something i don't like i don't unfriend the person but i do unfollow um i have two different instagram accounts one is a personal and one is a public and usually i don't um i don't advocate for that i think my business is personal my personal is business but one is public and i don't put anything about my kid on that um, you know, just cause the world is depraved and it's sickening. And anytime I see a, something in my feed, I don't just scroll past that. I actually hide it because I want the algorithms to know. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't care about your politics. You're not going to change my mind. It, you know, I want to have a discussion at the end of the day. I think we are all very much more similar than we are different. Um, and the division is, is crazy to me. So one sanitizing your feeds, making sure that you're conscious and intentional about hiding, legitimately going through and pressing, hide, don't show. That kind of a thing, um, and then um, change. That's the one thing that has been huge for me is when I see something um, that's different. Trying to be so good about acknowledging the change. Amanda, you mentioned it. It's like you know who I was in 2019 is not the same person that I'm. I am in 2023. Um, so many things have happened to us. And Vin, you mentioned the pandemic kind of took you down a dark hole. The pandemic. I felt like. Everything in my world was right. My entire life leading up to that point, minus the, and, minus the death and destruction, but everything leading up to that point. I ended up in a computer class when I was five. I started teaching Apple computing when I was 13 to the community college when I was in seventh grade. I was on IRC and ICQ and the 2600 and, you know, slash 5050, all these different things on IRC learning to chat and all of this stuff and as fast as my fingers could type. And then of course in the AOL chat rooms, right? ASL, where are these people from? Meeting strangers from all over the world behind a keyboard. All of a sudden it was like the stars had aligned and all of my skills were finally being put to good use because people needed people on social media. And it's like, great, I'm going to build, we're going to do a fort building contest and we're going to have Zoom meetings. I think I was probably the first person to start doing Zoom meetings. And it was like, Everything was fantastic and then 2021 hit. And that's when it started getting bad because things were open, things were not open. You talked about FOMO and like, I'm seeing people on Zoom calls or in person. I'm like, but I can't travel yet and all this stuff. And my whole world collapsed at that point. I was like, what am I supposed to be doing? Because I felt like finally everything was there and then the bottom dropped out of it. So um, if you ask what I'm doing now to take care of my mental health when it pertains to social media, The answer is I have no freaking clue. Um, (laughs) I've been trying to use social media to get social again and invite people. You guys might have seen invited people to Disneyland. So if anybody wants to come, I'm planning a trip to Disneyland and using social for being social again instead of just being social to scroll. Um, But outside of being intentional about what I'm looking at, I'm not good at at taking time or being diligent there. So I guess I would take suggestions on that. and yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just being aware that when people, oh, sorry, but I'm um, going back to what Amanda said. When I see people changing, um, that's the thing is I realize I've changed so much since 2019, 2020, that I try and get people to benefit the doubt. who I knew them as they were is hopefully different than they are now and will hopefully be different as they grow and keep an open mindset. So are you giving people permission to grow? Um, and that's what I would say is you're seeing people's posts, give them permission. I don't think, oh, that's a hypocrite. Um, think about how we've grown and changed. I still think of people's children when I see them on Facebook as nine-year-olds and now they're 22, you know? So uh, we have to think about giving people permission to change. Anyway, that's a lot yeah. of words.
0: Carrie, <laughs> you brought up a lot of good points there. Uh, it's challenging because whenever, you, whenever we post something or I see anybody post on the forums, you're like one of the first people to respond. And I say, she's great at social media, but what's the cost? What is the cost of always being on? And yeah. you, you are somebody who, like you said, I've seen you post it three o'clock in the morning, probably because that's the time you get up. Um, you've told me that you get up really early, but you're always on. And I'm like, like that is like that has to come with a cost. So to me, I feel like, yes, you know, it's it's challenging when social media is a big part of what you do and who you are. But you also want to protect your mental health. Um, Amanda, you're up.
2: Yeah, a lot of. First of all, I'm so glad that I did not grow up in social media. Mandy, hearing about you and Henry and just other friends that have teenagers, just, it, I, I can't, I, I don't know how you guys do it. First of all, um, I can't imagine myself going through that and it just, it's it's horrible. But yeah, it's, um you know, I really had to do a big reflection when the pandemic happened. I think somebody said it earlier, what are we doing? We're making purple and cheese. We're trying to, you know, better ourselves. I had nothing. Literally, I was jobless. Like, I had nothing better to do during the pandemic than try to become a better person. And with that came a lot of looking back on social media. Was I posting things on social media? Like, because, like, now I do it for a living, right? Now I do it with, with Hirsch. And so everything that I post, I I try to be intentional. And I've, I've always been very intentional about what I post. But was that intent to get likes? Because I'm having a bad day and I need somebody to, you know think that I say that I look pretty because I used five filters or, you know, whatever, like when I'm posting. Mm -hmm. That's all right.
0: (laughs) right. She can join the conversation.
4: (laughs) Bottom left on your little window at the bottom. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. I think we're good.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I I'm muted. muted. I muted the wrong person. I'm sorry. I,
2: Amanda Vandy. I've
0: never um, muted. Yeah. I've never muted anyone on the show. So
2: <laughs> she warned us too. <laughs> that, no, it's um my my intent changed, right? So just going along with looking back over what what about social media was bothering me? Is it the fact that I saw a bunch of people getting together and I felt left out? Well, why did I feel left out? Are those really friends of mine? Like, have I been a good friend to them to where it would warrant me being invited to this event? There's just so much that goes into it and luckily i had a lot of time to think during the pandemic about all of that so how i use social media now so i do the same thing i don't look at my phone and i've done this for a couple of years now consistently then you and i have talked about this before i do not look at my phone for the first hour that i'm awake the first hour. I, I I look at it to turn on Spotify so I can listen to music in the morning, but I won't listen to an industry podcast, which I used to do while I was in the shower until I'm in my car on my way to work. I don't turn that, that do not disturb comes off when I leave this location, right? And I also don't use my phone in my bedroom. Um, if I'm up until one o'clock or two o'clock and I'm posting or commenting, which again, flip side of it now is I'm really doing that For Hirsch because I want to stay engaged and so I'm looking at their notifications and making sure that I'm liking things. That's almost like a wind down for me at night. But I will do it either you know like in my little front porch office when people know I'm weird and like to work outside till wee hours of the morning. But once I go into my bedroom, like I I I I just I don't. And that's been a big help for me too. And honestly, just um yeah, setting those boundaries for social for as much as I'm on social media for work now, I can't tell you the last thing I've last time I scrolled through something like for me personally, or if I'm posting on my promo social, like charity said to you, I used to just have one, uh, Instagram account, but now I have my, my private one that is completely private. I have my promo life one, which is just Amanda in promo, not necessarily tied, you know, to, um, a specific company. And that's the one that I'll try to be more intentional about putting things out there. We all have our personal brand to, to put out there as well. So it's, it's, it's kind of this balance, but sticking to the same boundaries I set before and to be completely honest, therapy is what has helped me just like really looking into myself, like, why, like I said, what, what was that intent before? What was, are my intentions of what I'm posting on social media or are my intentions of why I'm scrolling through social media? Are they good intentions or are they bad intentions? Because, and by bad intentions, I even just mean like, am am I looking for something to get pissed about? Am I having a bad day and I want to, you know, this is going to sound so horrible, but I know I'm not the only one who does it. Am I like having a bad day and I need to read another depressing post to know that I'm not the only one, like, you know, going through life right now. It's, um, my attention shifted a lot too. And so now I try to take that Mandy approach where I, and Charity, you said it too, I'll, I'll actively hide people, um, or hide a post or unfollow people, not because, and I'm sure people do it to me too, not because I hate you or have any ill will, just because that's not something that makes my mental space good. And I've been through so much with mental health, as I know so many of us have, that I'm just to a point now where I know where that rabbit hole goes, and it's not worth it. So if I'm seeing something, I think Bill Petrie actually says, if it's not making me money or it's not making me happy, it's a hell no. And that's kind of where I've gotten with my social too. If I see something and it makes me feel some type of way, no, my mental health has to be the most important. And it is better for everybody around me if I stay in that space too. So it's just a lot of internal reflections.
0: I mean that's a great point, and I know that Charity had brought it up. Now, a lot of people, you know, the casual user of social media doesn't know how advanced some of the features are on, on those networks. And I think most networks allow you to um, silence people. Mm-hmm. You can silence people for thirty days. You can silent. You can unfollow or you can unfollow News. them without defriending them. So mm-hmm. you you actually they think that you're still friends. They think that you're getting their content where they don't they actually don't care because it it doesn't impact them what others see that they're posting but there are there are certainly features that a lot of people aren't aware of and i know it's available on twitter too that you can you can just hide that stuff so that you're not going down that rabbit hole i have a friend who you know i love the guy but his political he, he posts everything political and i'm like oh my god like enough enough and it's it happens to be you know the opposite of what i believe and i see this stuff and i'm like i can't believe he's like you know he's he, he believes this stuff but i silence him you know i don't see anything that he posts on facebook anymore uh unless i go to his page you know uh-huh. and i don't do that i don't ever do that because i don't want to see i don't want to see anything that he posts I I'm sorry. I
4: would also I would also add to that that you know I'm sure we all get friend requests from bots and actual real Mm -hmm. people. Um and it's like, okay, I have two criteria. One, if I don't know how I know you, you don't need to see pictures of my dogs and my kids. So you're automatically, you know, not or if we you know, there's that. And then also if I do know you and I don't like you said, I'm not I'm not interested in the things that you're posting. You know, just because we had algebra together in the 10th grade, I really don't feel like we need to be Facebook friends or, you know, social media friends. It's okay to just, you know, decline or I will admit I have a a friend request purgatory that I,
2: and and I truly don't look at it very often, but uh, yeah, so there are times I'm like,
0: me too. They just said we're all
2: in the same industry doesn't necessarily mean that we all have to be social media friends too. That has nothing to do with whether or not you like that person, but just because mm-hmm. we all sell promo and have mutual friends, that doesn't necessarily mean that another person gets to have that deep of a right. network. Right.
4: An yeah,
5: definitely. Feature.
4: And and crossing over to what both um, uh, Amanda, what you said, and Charity, what you've said, that having a a page specifically for business content and contacts, and then a page for personal, it's very. I mean, one, I don't have the bandwidth to try and manage right. both of those. I struggle as it is uh, with time, but uh, you know. If you're going to just have our work, then then it's okay to do that. But it's okay to also not to do that. And I definitely, it's right. blurred line. But yeah.
0: Charity, did you have something to add? Yeah,
4: I did. So I, the one thing, so political stuff
5: aside, I think political is very obviously it's dividing, and I think it's pretty obvious when people have very different views. Um, you know, it can be polarizing. It can be divisive. A lot of that comes from misunderstanding or again how people are raised in their bias, right? I came from the West Coast, not the East Coast. I was raised, you know, in a Christian family, not everybody was. And so people believe what they believe, not because they necessarily believe it all the time, but it's because they, that's what they were taught to believe. And so one of the things I would just say is what I said earlier was that people are gonna make up a story about you based you know, on what you post, regardless of what you say or how you say it, because of their limited experience or because of your, um, inefficiency in communicating. Maybe you mean something, but you don't know the words to use to say it or how to communicate it. And you can't, I mean, unfortunately, you cannot just expect people to understand what you're meaning when you're saying what you're saying. And this is a really hard concept to understand, but that's the one thing I would say if you're struggling with somebody, and you're like, there's one way in person. And I'm seeing something totally different online. You know that they're a good hearted person, that they're a great person, whatever. I'm like, then it stands to reason that maybe they're just not articulate. Maybe they're not very verbose. Maybe they're not very, um, you know, well-spoken when it comes to the written language. Maybe they're just, you know, auditory or they're visual. So a lot of that comes to us, too. The responsibility on this on us is to break down our own personal bias and hear people for what they're trying to say, not what we're hearing. So sometimes, yes, mute the post if that's going to help your heart and help your head, um, you know, or unfollow the person. But at the same time, it can be a lesson in our own growth that, Maybe we need to take a step back back and see how we're evaluating what people are saying. Like if it is it from my lens or is it from theirs? Because if it's from theirs, maybe I'm not gonna be offended. It's like reading a text message you get from somebody and it's like it says something and you're reading it back and you're like, oh, this person said this, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, that person was like, oh, this cake was chocolate frosting. Not like this cake is chocolate frosting. Like. You say the same exact words in one way. It's sweet as pie. And the other one is like, she's pissed off because this cake has chocolate frosting. I'm like, bro, I love chocolate frosting. If you know me, you know, I love chocolate frosting. So I was saying it, I love chocolate. This cake is chocolate frosting, not this cake is chocolate frosting, you jerk, whatever. I'm like, we put that inflection into our text messages. We do the same thing on social media. So sometimes we need to check ourselves. Not yes, necessarily I agree.
0: Too. I think it's lost in translation and it's indirect that. communication that um like i had this with my mom all the time my mother is the worst texter and she texts me things and i and i find myself getting frustrated i'm like and i'm like I, and i'm putting my like you say charity my lens on it like sometimes she'll all caps me and i'm like then i realize like my mom doesn't even realize it's she's in all caps you know she's just she's just sending me a text it's very like curt and very to the point and i And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to pick up the phone and and talk to her. Um, In the interest of time, I want to keep this going. Uh, Javi, we haven't gotten to you on this question. Um, So what do you
3: got? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's been a lot of talking points here. You know, Mandy said, you know, earlier, you know, don't say something you wouldn't say to somebody in the room. And I always, I don't talk politics. I don't talk religion with people, you know, have your beliefs, whatever. Um, I always think of social media as, would you say that to somebody in the person, somebody, and then, are you willing to get punched in the face for it? I have been very recently punched in the face. Uh, I can tell you, it is not fun. So when you have that converse, when you're having conversations like that online or in person, how are you going to, you know, portray yourself? How are you going to talk about that? The other thing is, um, you know, kind of relating back to the some of the other conversations about being conscientious of it. If I'm coming home from, you know, a long day or whatnot. I sit in my truck for a few minutes. I decompress. I knock out. And speaking of, you know, uh, the algorithms and such, I can tell you it's being talked about a lot more along men uh, about the struggles that they have with mental health. You don't often hear about guys talking about mental health. It was actually a men's mental health month that didn't really see anything about. I actually posted something about uh, a month or two ago, and nobody – no one talked about it. And then I had three guys. Yep, totally get it. Yep, no one wants to hear what we're saying. Yep, no, they don't care. And uh, a lot of guys will just shut up. And it's hard because you talk to, you know, some of them, how you doing? I'm good. And that's about all you'll get. They ain't good. They're, they might be struggling. Had a conversation very recently with somebody. I reached out. I just saw a posting something. I said, hey, how are you doing? He goes, I'm fine month later, he says, yeah, I wasn't fine. I was actually in a bad spot. Thanks for reaching out, right? And so you have these, even on social media, like you can be a good person and just have the forethought. One thing that was also mentioned, I'm very pro video messaging. Uh, I like sending video messages to people because a text can be confused. If you see me smiling or you see me angry or you see me looking confused and giving you the rock eyebrow or something like that, you can get more of, okay, this is what he's trying to convey. You know, even like right now, I've got my Christmas set up here for Loom videos for customers and stuff like that. I'm just I'm I'm a sales guy. I'm trying to get that message out. But um, when it comes to, you know, having tools and and, and things to kind of keep myself, you know, going, you know, I with TikTok. I posted about this. I have a one hour time limit a day. Sometimes I go over it. I have a reminder every 20 minutes. You can set this on. TikTok, you scroll for 20 minutes without a break. I've done that too. I have uh, some, when I leave this location at night, sleep mode, I have different versions of my phone that turn on at certain times of the day that are just scheduled. Um, I do sometimes look at my phone at 3am because Everly was teething and I've been I'm waiting there. She's sleeping on my arm and I'm waiting so I can try to put her back in the crib. So, yeah, I posted at 3 a.m., but, you know, it is what it is. I'm human. Uh, but that's okay. You know, everyone's different. Everyone has their own uh, ways they handle things, the way they do things. But uh, just I think one of the biggest things is, is, is acknowledging it, right? Yeah. Acknowledge that maybe there's an issue or maybe this is affecting me and how can I make this right? Is it therapy, which is – completely a legit thing uh is it okay i need to have a conversation with my spouse is it i need to take five minutes put the baby down in the crib walk away and then go pick her back up when i'm cooled down for a minute you know uh all those different things you just have to have those conversations and and, but also recognize it that's the most important thing and then start building you know you, you can't build a baseball team with just the bats and balls you gotta have the the guys and gals to, to be able to help everybody out. And even the pro players have helped. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. You said, um, Javi acknowledging, you know, and, and, you know, recognizing that you have an issue. Uh, and that to me, I feel like, you know, a lot of people have to have that introspection to, to say, Hey, like I need help here and not be afraid to go get it. Um, you know, I know charity, you have a point here, but for me personally, you know, I got therapy during um the mm-hmm. uh, pandemic and i st- and i'm still you know i still ever go like once a month um my wife joins me and you know we talk about the things that we're experiencing and it doesn't necessarily have to be social media specific but it's somebody it's a third party that we get to, to talk to which i think is important because you know my le- my wife wears a, a lens about me and i wear a lens about my wife and we share it with um and it you know, an independent third party who is able to to hear what we have to say and, you know, tell us what she thinks that we should be doing. And to me, I think that's important. Um I also, you know, I'm a medication, I'm not afraid to say that either. You know, it's low dose, but um I've been on it for for over a year now and and it seems to help. Um, you know, so to me I feel like I needed I needed a way to to get away from the negativity of social media and the dark places I was going because of it, because I had to be on it. It wasn't, you know, my job makes me, I shouldn't say make me, my job is such that I have to be on social media. So I can't not be on it, you know? So what could I have done, you know, aside from quitting my job to help me deal with the, pre—the you know, the stigma of being on uh, social media and having depression, you know, which, which I had. And this, you know, the answer at least so far has worked, you know, I'm, you know, therapy and medication and it seems to, to work. It's, I have bad days, you know, I certainly have bad days, but the good days are, are certainly more now two years after the pandemic. So.
4: That's that's incredible and good, and good for you for putting it out there. And that's the thing. It's just about normalizing what every single person experiences at some point stage, phase, and level in their lifetime. I, you know, therapy, counseling, medicate, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever whatever you need to help you through whatever current struggle or long-term um, emotional uh, level you want to achieve is, is important. Everyone should take the opportunity and not everybody does because the stigma is there. Whether right. it's, you know, we, we need to destigmatize that. You know, I liken it to, okay, so if my child or a family member or a friend was walking around with 102 fever and a cough, I'd probably take them to the doctor. This is no different. This is no different. You know, you get a, we call it in our house, we call it a checkup from the neck up. You just need to take care of ourselves. I wouldn't let my kiddo walk around with a cough and a fever without just, you know, see what I can do about that. And this is no different. And the thing that that I think that is the hardest about it is that people will walk around with a smile like, yeah, no, I'm good. But internally they're absolutely not. So like we've, you know set on here checking in and things like that that's important making sure you know that, that
0: we're just the checkout from the in. neck up i saw that uh amanda wrote that down I think i'm, I'm always to... taking notes you guys
2: know me i did i love that and I, I put it in quotes and to not to jump in but i'm jumping in Mindy. like um i've heard you say before um for some of like your i, I think it was when you guys were doing the sleeping for good it was one of it, it was some podcast that you're on and i was watching and you had said something and i this could not be true anymore so i'm not trying to put words in your mouth but you said something along the lines of you yourself personally have not battled what i think you perceived at the time people to be going through worse depressions or whatever but that, that doesn't mean that you can't understand that sometimes people are going through things that you don't understand and so mm-hmm. i think that too somebody's like i need a break from social media or like you said a check up from the neck up like if you're somebody watching or listening or you just you you don't you can't comprehend how depression can make you view social media in the way that we all know that it has affected us. That doesn't mean that you can't educate yourself a little bit. That doesn't mean that you can't um, just be empathetic or have compassion and understand that somebody is going through something that you you don't get. You can still be a nice person. You can still genuinely mean, how are you doing? If it's somebody who's on social for, you know, a living, like you know, a lot of us have to be too and you you know that's a thing, give it a like, add a comment, it doesn't, you, like Javi said, you can do good on social media too, and if these are all the things that are affecting us negatively, I'm not getting any likes, I'm not, you know, whatever, or we've been through it, and we, we know less how other people might be feeling, well then change that, like something, give them a comment, try to give a shout, you know, just something, we can still use social for good. Along those lines too, Amanda, one of the things, so Javi, you mentioned that you reached out to somebody, and
5: they said they were fine, Shining example, um, I do try to be fine all the time, you know, for as much as I'm on and as much as I do, and I'm involved with, I don't know, so many freaking different things. I can't even tell you a part of that is um, just my upbringing. I moved 21 times in 20 years. Relationships are hard for me. So um, I try and do a lot of avoiding. So I spend a lot of time on social media and I understand where it's coming from. I do work with a life coach. Um, and we do look forward instead of backwards. I've done a lot of looking backwards in my life. So the life coaches help setting goals, moving forward and how can we change what's going to happen instead of looking at what has. But Javi, you mentioned, and Amanda, you kind of talked about this too, is doing things for good, reaching out to people and just, hey, you know, doing those monthly check-ins or weekly check-ins, <clears throat> excuse me, checking in on your strong friends, but doing it in a way that you're not obligating them to more. And I'll say this from somebody that's overloaded, I love the check-ins i love to hear that people care but what i don't love and i can't stand and it hurts really bad and it makes me feel worse about my day and my time and my everything when you message me you've given me a task essentially in my head right now i have something on my to-do list and i have to prioritize my to-do list i have a job that i have to do i have a child that i'm raising i'm a single mom i have to work i have to cook dinner i have to manage cleaning and cooking and you know, all of these different things. And so sometimes I feel like, and I've experienced this, especially in the last year, where a couple people did know that I was um, dealing with depression. Um, sorry. I'm not gonna cry. The tear is not coming out. Um, I was dealing with potentially not being alive anymore. And kind um, of crying on camera. Sorry.
0: That's okay so sorry to hear this
5: it's okay the hardest part and sometimes was wanting to write back and wanting to take the time yeah and having people get mad or frustrated or think that i didn't like them because they didn't get a message back from me so just grace for people if you're reaching out and you don't get a reply it's not you, like take the focus off of yourself and stop being a narcissist and like maybe, and I don't mean to be that, maybe you're not a narcissist, but stop being selfish. If you're not getting a reply, if you really reached out to think about how I'm doing, then stop being concerned about what you're not getting from it. And I need to take this advice too, but it, the biggest thing is if I'm reaching out to check on you, then you take what you need from what I'm giving and you take what you need from the help that i'm offering and if you don't reply i'm not going to take it personally i'm going to take it as man this girl's busy she's sad she's whatever is it going to stop me from applying absolutely not i even sent brian john a message before he passed away and i was like you do not need to reply to this you're dealing with cancer you have way bigger fish to fry i'm just sending you a message to let you know i love you i care about you and whatever happens, happens, but I just want this to be imparted to you. That's the type of support that we need to give people. Sometimes it's not sending a message and demanding a reply and taking it personally when that reply doesn't come because that's, sometimes we're not capable of doing more than we already are. I'm Like just existing, we can't work.
0: Thank you for sharing that, Charity. And I know that a lot of people, uh, myself included, have been in some really dark places in in the last couple of years and even before the pandemic. You know, and it's it's tough, you know, because we live in this virtual world where we don't get to see uh, the people that we're we're really close with on a day to day basis, on a week to week, month to month basis. Most of you on this call, I've never met in person. I've met Charity, but I haven't met the rest of you. Um, You know, and I consider you guys all, you know, friends of mine through the industry. Um, But how well do we know each other? And and the, the, the ability to check in on each other, uh, you know, are we doing enough? You know, Charity, I know you set the bar really high by being so reachable, by being somebody who responds immediately to you know messages on Facebook, um, a comment on you know whatever network that we post content on. If you tag Charity, you you know Charity is going to respond. Even and if you then, don't tag her, you know she's gonna respond, and she's still gonna respond. She's just everywhere all at once.
3: But you or know, she'll just send Doritos, or she'll just send Doritos to your pregnant wife.
0: Or that I've never had that happen, but you owe me, you owe me some Doritos there, charity. But but yeah, it's it's stuff when you set this bar, and you know you feel like you need to live up to that bar, even when you're at your darkest point, you know. And you know I struggled with that as well during the. The pandemic when i went down this dark place where i was struggling to be you know somebody who is a husband a father also working uh, you know trying to figure out what's going to happen here during this pandemic trying to be the best that i have always been but now during this very uncertain dark time how do i maintain that how do i keep that going and if you if you're not with if you're not with somebody who is intimate with what's going on with your life, you can really get into, into a dark place. Now, charity, you know, you said you're, you're a single mom, um, you know, and I was fortunate I had my wife, you know, I could, I, she's my best friend. You know, I talked to her and, you know, she helps me get through these, these difficult places, but not everybody has that. And that to me, I feel like is, is, is very important. Um, you know, I, and would,
4: add, I would say I would add to that the power of saying no is huge. You know, I, I mean, Um, I've I've been voluntold a lot to, you know, I I volunteer a lot and I, you know, again, single mom, business owner, two dogs, uh, busy household, my bandwidth at time can be very, very thin, um, sometimes to the detriment of things I probably need to be doing um, versus the things I'm sometimes choosing to do. But the power of saying no is huge and and admitting, you know, I don't have the time that I would like to dedicate to this, so I would be doing more harm than good. So Thank you, but no, thank you, I can't do that. Um, and that's liberating and that also, and I, it, it, it's liberating, I guess is the word I'm saying, and it's helpful to be able to say no. And to yeah. that point too, I've seen a
2: lot of, um, I know this isn't necessarily social, but email, social media, it's, it's the same thing. If you don't respond to a text message or an email, they'll message you through Facebook, right? Um, Mandy, I got an out of office reply from you on an email we sent a couple of weeks ago saying, I am trying to enjoy a vacation. If it's urgent, put this in the subject line, and I will get tea when I can, but I'm trying to disconnect. Mm-hmm. And then I think at the end it said, in the meantime, here's a cute video of it was probably a puppy <laughs> um, or something. But <laughs> I. Like and- Carol Burnett show bloopers. It's one of my favorite. Yes, that's what it was. It was Carol Burnett bloopers. And um, I didn't watch it, obviously, but I laughed and I was like, I like that. And a couple others, uh, Danny Rosen, I know a lot of us know him. He uh, out of office replied for a work thing with him too and said, currently out of the office familying. Like, good for you putting it out there. And I think it's okay to, we don't necessarily have an out of office for social media, but you know, circling back to charity, just because you set that bar so high. And I was that person too, right? I was that sales rep who I was responding at two o'clock in the morning on a Friday when your supplier dropped the ball because I needed everything to be ready by Monday morning. And I was on it, I was on it, my sales rep, and I still got fired. Like, it's you, you don't know just because you set the bar this high. It doesn't mean that lowering the bar is lowering the bar. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Right. Yeah. yeah totally. And I also
2: add, you know, not specific to social media, but I will
4: tie it into technology that these things have made us, you know, technologies made us impatient. And I will age myself with. Remember when that you first saw a fax machine? Like, oh my god! Like in eleven minutes, I can send something to opposite, the opposite coast. Like that sound of the fa- and then the AOL dial up, just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then you're connected. Every iteration of technology has made us just a little bit more and more impatient. And so, I mean, the level of stress when you text somebody, you see the text bubble, and then nothing comes in. Right? Yep. So being able to step away from these, put, uh, you know, even with there's, you know, on, at least on Apple, I'm sure there is on Android too, but there's a focus message. You can change what that is. And you you know, and I have put on there, you know, spending time with family, I'll be, I'll get your message later, and I don't respond. And it's funny though that I'm putting a message that response that says I'm not responding, and I think it's because we have the um, you know uh, we assume that people will respond and that they should respond, and then we would, but we're not responding, and then we feel guilty we're not responding. So taking that choice away from us by just turning it off, putting the notific- silencing notifications, do not disturb, changing your focus message um it's it's again it
1: goes back to saying no and the, other, uh, the other perspective on that is you know we're we're impatient we've grown impatient because of these devices but we've never been more accessible in human history so our ancestors never had to worry about receiving an email at three in the morning and wondering if you know if i am i a shitty rep if i don't answer this right now or should i value my sleep and be more well rested so i can better prepare myself to handle this this fire in the morning nobody's mm-hmm. had to deal with that before and when somebody comes when somebody pings you at that hour they are essentially disturbing your peace you know that is your time to be asleep that is your time to to recharge if you are up and you're able to see that that's amazing but also like what can you really do with that information at that hour so you really have to prioritize like what What do you value more, like responding in that immediate second and looking like a superhero or taking that time for yourself to really, really focus on what's important to you, which is recharging, like restoring and like really focusing on bettering yourself for the next day so you can show up to to actually be a superhero. Yeah. 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 And so. That's a great
4: point. A lot of emails you can time an email. You can be up in the middle of the night and you can send your emails, and you can set a time for it to send. You don't have to walk into your office or have your clients or coworkers step into the office at you know six, seven, eight, nine, whatever time they're in the office and already see eleven emails from you. You can set a timer, I and mean, most email clients that you can handle that too. You know, I think um,
0: Savannah, that's a that was a great point about the um, no. no Point in time have we been so accessible, and I think the messaging also, like we are so susceptible to messaging it from so many different places, um, email, social media. I mean, it's just, it's just everywhere. And I and I thought about what happened if the pandemic happened in the '80s. You know, how would that have affected us differently? Now, I can make the case that social media helped save a lot of businesses during the pandemic Absolutely. because it helped us reach out. You know talk to our friends and clients and and just kind of keep tabs on everybody keep the conversations going but what happened if it happened in the 80s like we we wouldn't have had not that i i, I can't say for sure but the mental health aspect of it probably wouldn't have been as bad because we wouldn't have been susceptible to all the messaging all the negativity uh, we would have just been Living life. the I don't know how many of you on this call lived life in the 80s. I lived life in the 80s. And I remember how free of messaging we were. We were just out with our friends. We were, you know, we just kind <laughs> of, Samantha's like, no, nope, no, nope. no. Um, But it
4: was,
0: (laughs) I was born in 1972,
4: so I, I mean, I was 80s, yes, yes, yes.
0: you're like a a couple months uh, ahead of me, uh, Mandy. But anyway, like it's it was totally different time. Um, so I know we have a few more questions, I want to get to them. Um, you know, 15 more minutes here, but I wanted to ask this question uh, of all of you which network do you feel, um, or which network or networks do you feel has the most potential to affect you negatively? I'm going to start with Savannah on this one.
1: So I really do believe that you can find toxicity on any and all of the platforms and honestly anywhere you go on the internet. Um, There's always someone that's living in a hole on the other side of the country that you know has something to say about anything that you have to say, it's a, it's an indefinite, like public forum with, like the ability to hide behind a computer screen. You know, people are gonna have a field day. There's gonna be opinions, as I've already mentioned, left and right. You know, no regulation. Um, they're trolls, so it's it's honestly everywhere. I would say probably the forum with the least amount of toxicity. Notice I said least, there is still some there, but would definitely be LinkedIn because there is that, there's a, a tinge of professionalism there um, where, you know, somebody has to answer to that. There, your your professional identity is tied to that profile.
4: Sure.
1: sure. Um, whereas all these other ones, it's mostly like, even if it is like your personal brand, that's still personal to you. You right. know, um, there's just so much room for yeah. <laughs> for error on all of them. But you know, you see a lot less of it on LinkedIn. So all the other ones, I, they can have a field day. Um, you're not safe on any of those. But even even LinkedIn, there's it's still
0: a little right.
1: risky business. None of them are immune.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. uh, anywhere you can post a comment, I think, you know, your point there is, you know, you're going to get a troll. Um, but I want to hear what Charity has to say on this one.
5: Um, So it's interesting. I guess I probably feel very similar to Sav, but um, I think maybe for me, the professional stuff or the stuff that gets posted, the random comments or people with dissent, a dissenting opinion don't get me very much if it's not um, personal to me the places I think that have the most potential to part me personally, um, like Instagram stories, if that's anything at all, um, for two reasons. One, it's what people see and they form opinions of and twist that information and it leads to things that are not true. Um, but also two, watching people engage in activities and that FOMO concept of like trade shows that I'm not supposed to be at or can't be at, but that's, you know, what I, I I see all my friends out having fun. My family um, was a big thing for a long time. We're a little dysfunctional. I'm the youngest um, by nine and 11 years. So not super close. I don't have a big family. And so watching them have girls weekends or vacations and like things I didn't get invited to. So for me, I feel like it's Instagram stories a lot because there's, there's the less about what's being done to me and more about what I'm not being included in. I've gotten way better about that in the last couple of years, but that's what really used to dig deep. Um, And then, yeah, I think there's less room for error. You can tell more of the story on Facebook. You mentioned the professionalism on LinkedIn, Twitter, who uses that anymore anyway? (laughs) TikTok, it just makes me feel insecure about my dance moves that I don't have, but at least there's tutorials to help you get better. So Instagram, final
2: answer. (laughs) All
0: All right, Amanda.
2: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, and this is interesting, especially Vinny, last time you and I had this conversation, Instagram stories for, for sure. But I've also, and again, it has not been easy. It's been the last few years of a lot of trial and error, a lot of sitting with myself and a lot of therapy um, to where I've just, I've, I've gotten to the point where if I see a story that I'm like, ah, that's not, you know, I just, I, I skip it. But again, that's not an easy thing to do, and it's it's still a struggle sometimes. Um, but Instagram stories for sure. Um, LinkedIn, honestly, I one million percent agree with what Sav said because you do have that professionalism aspect there. But that's one area that I've been trying to get better at, not just for you know my the the company that I represent that page for, but also my own personal LinkedIn, mostly for as it pertains to the company I represent on LinkedIn. So it's all kind of the circle. But almost a LinkedIn's almost starting to have a negative effect on me, but not in a bad, I don't know how to explain it. It's um I see things and now that I'm 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 not selling for a living, right? I'm I'm creating things for a living. And this is something that talk about your self-confidence. And I thought I was a rock star at a certain time and now it's like create these things for this top 40 supplier and hope that it resonates and hope that people don't think you suck and hope that people, you know, don't ask Brittany Fries why she hired me in the first place for this role all day. So I'm seeing things that are super creative or that I'm like, I'm reading a blog post and I'm like, that is phenomenal writing and it's about this, but I don't know about the specific subject, but it would be relevant to our crowd. So it's like, how much more sleep can I lose trying to dive in, you know what I mean? It's like almost this weird opposite creative thing where I'm struggling, it's not necessarily bad, I just feel like it has the potential because of what I've gone through with social media before, and I know what rabbit holes I go down. I feel like if I don't monitor it now, it has the potential to make me feel like I'm not good at my job, maybe. Um, Ironically, because
0: that's on LinkedIn. Interesting. So so LinkedIn, I I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. No,
5: no, no. Go ahead. I was just saying I can completely. I. I don't know how, but I completely understand that. It's like the Thanks things for understanding the wisdom. Yeah. I get it. The things that are most creative are like incredibly inspiring. You're taking notes. Okay, I can replicate this, and I know how to do it myself. But sometimes I find myself when I'm like, "How are people so damn creative? Like, why yes. didn't I get that key?" Not that my stuff is not creative. Like, I don't know why I denigrate our own. I don't know. But I understand.
2: Anyway, keep thank going. you. So, oh, yes.
5: totally.
2: It's a recent development for me, so perfect timing for the podcast. But yes, thank you. I think other people. Uh,
0: all right, Javi.
3: Well, just the capstone on that, you get the same thing in sales, especially like if they have a customer and they all of a sudden you see where they get those from, who they talk to for that. So I, I can kind of relate to that because I get that and I start pondering myself, okay, was this my contact? Is another contact I need to start working I, I kind of get that. Um, I hate Facebook. I absolutely hate Facebook personally. I delete it off my phone the only time I put the app on my phone is when I have to upload a video because TikTok, I sometimes cross post them in like PPP group and stuff. And then I delete it right away. I don't look at it often. My wife, she always like, hey, someone tagged you in something or whatever. Okay, I'll go look at it on my computer. But yeah, no, I I think it's toxic. And again, it's the same thing as uh, I said earlier, you know, Um, you avoid those conversations of what – you know, is this something I, I really want to jump in on? Do I really want to deal with it, whatnot? I mean, I, I think a lot of people know I like to talk about like you know, a little bit of Instagram stories and such. Um, but, it's again, it's, it's making sure that uh, you're, you're managing your expectations with it. You're going to see stuff you don't like to see. You're going to see um, customers post about, you know, they did this big function and you had no involvement in it. I'm like, okay, why? <laughs> and then you start making those things. But also, you know, I've said before in many places, you know, when I post, I want people to know me. They've seen me. They see pictures of my daughter stuff like that. The, that's where. That's how I do my social media. Um, and that's what I look for. Is I look for people who are authentic. I look for, you know, things that I can, I can engage with. You know, uh, I'll give you one quick example. Is you know, Amanda's post stuffs to her sometimes, and I'm a big fan. And, and uh, I interact with their page, Maple Ridge, a few others in the industry uh, who, you know, they reflect what I'm looking for, what I do, and, and, and are trying to be authentic. And then I I not with suppliers who reach out to me, hey, we want to talk to you, about. no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't have any, I don't have any engagement with you. Um, or, you know, I don't like what you stand for or whatnot. So it, it's just the authenticity and making sure that uh, where you play is where you want to play that uh being uh being thoughtful i I know somebody mentioned it earlier but being thoughtful about what you're doing with it
0: definitely all right mandy you
4: um i've got a bunch of different answers because i can't recall exactly which question we were uh answering but what i will say is that when it comes to work related um sharing on social media uh for me my recipe has been to be consistently inconsistent Um, And I was going to point that there are companies that you can bring on to handle that aspect for you if you don't have someone on your staff to do it. So whether it's, you know, Bill Petrie and and, and Brandovate or Jason Noakes with his AMP campaign through Promo Pulse, things like that, that you can hire a company to handle that aspect to take it off your plate. So I think that also helps take some things, you know, again, when your bandwidth is thin. But I think the question was, um, I actually don't remember now. But Which networks? uh,
0: Oh, the network. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. So I I find that I engage mostly in a positive way when it's a campaign, like the Promo Cares campaign, one of our giving back campaigns. I find, you know, we can't question all of the platforms that were helpful in in launching a successful campaign with that viral aspect to it. So whether like, yeah, I'll I'll touch base on, you know, the brand of company launch or their promocation launch or any of the Promo Cares campaigns that we've done, that viral Um, sensation of it, that's what's helped fuel it. So there's the positive in being able to use it. I would say from the other perspective where I started, so I guess maybe bookending this is from a parental perspective, um, I hate Snapchat. I hate it, it's the devil. Teens will use it, they'll say awful, hateful, wretched, vile things to one another because they think that it's completely gone as soon as someone opens it and reads it. And kids know how to screenshot that. It's never gone completely it can resurface um so for the that aspect i absolutely i it's I, I hate it i hate 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 it and i'm old so i like facebook <laughs> sorry, sorry so, well
0: i'm your age mandy and i i hate facebook um but i also hate twitter and i think those are the two networks that i've uh, you know i mean i'm on them all the time but to me, I feel like those are the ones that have had the worst effect on my mental health. Twitter, for it's just, I mean, the content there, it just seems like, how does this stuff, like, is there no filter? To, like, I mean, I know with Facebook, uh, you can get, you know, a Facebook ban. You know, I've got friends on them in Facebook jail for 30 days. Like, Twitter, it doesn't seem like there is all that much it doesn't seem like there's like the much wild it. west it's like the i thought that was west. the point of
2: twitter and i don't tweet but i thought that was the point of twitter is that you can say whatever you want it
0: well it's certainly def definitely the case i think um but if you're I
2: actually like myspace
0: my, let's well, go back
2: hey. to
4: myspace
1: except the top eight if you're not in somebody's top eight <laughs> go go back. Back. Tom. That, that was the epitome top. of toxicity that. the top eight and having the truth oh my gosh
0: yeah I know that's Ooh. the pressure there, right? So, we have a couple minutes, and I just wanted to end this with a final question. Um, I want to <laughs> combine a final tip for protecting your mental health on social media and your contact information for anybody who's interested. I'm going to start with charity on this.
5: Um, I guess my final tip for protecting your mental health on Facebook or on Instagram or on social media in general really just be intentional about who you follow and what you're letting yourself consume um the amount of time is one thing but i think when the content is right um the amount of time becomes a little bit more relevant not completely but i think you know keep your head straight in that regard Um, and then you know final reminder too is to just think about the person on the other end they're human and just remember that just because you're seeing pictures or you're seeing whatever like we are all just human beings trying our best to survive out there so um, approach what you read with grace and, um, you know, ask clarifying questions. If you see something and you're curious, well then ask about it before you say something else about it to somebody else. Um, and then my contact information, um, you can find me on social media. How funny is that? <laughs> um, at it's me charity G <laughs> is awesome or uh charity at dot com is fine. Uh, you know, I'll reply.
0: When All I'm right. in the uh, Amanda, you're up.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, hey, I mean, piggyback off kind of what Charity said. Just be be intentional about, you know, what you're posting. I think um one of my favorite mottos of life is uh, and I, I actively have to practice this sometimes, but keep your side of the street clean. right? If you're posting what you want to post for the channels you want to see and you feel you feel good about what you're putting out there, then come back to that. There's always going to be haters. Like we said before we started, the voices of the haters are always going to be louder than the voices of the people cheering you on, no matter how many awesome people you have cheering you on. So just try to stick to that. Don't feel like you have to just because you've been that super active person on social media, you know, um, don't feel like you have to keep being that superhero on social media. And to that point, if you see somebody, a superhero on social, taking a step back, don't flood their inbox with what's wrong. We haven't seen you on social media. Like give people grace, give people their privacy. Um, and then, yeah, just set those boundaries with yourself. And like I said, for me personally, a lot of what what bothered me on social media was was definitely internal. I had a lot of uh, internal things to work out. And just, um, yeah, just set, set boundaries. Keep your side of the street clean. Um, you can find me on social media. At um, That Promo Life is my Instagram for distributors out there who want to um, hopefully steal and use my content to, to build your business. Hirschgift is is where we are, and then uh, LinkedIn. I'm Amanda Delaney-Mes, and um, my email is Amanda D at Hirschgift.com.
0: Thank you, Amanda. Um, Mandy,
2: um, I would say
4: just when you're posting, be kind. Just be kind. It's the best thing you can do. Be kind. Um, if you wouldn't say it to their face, don't say it. Uh, when it comes to the things you're looking for online, you are the company you keep. So if you are interested in dogs, looking at dogs, you'll get more dog things in your <laughs> book. So if they're, you know, it's that that uh, instant gratification um, of finding things that are of interest to you, just stick with that. And the world is out there; it's your, it's everywhere because of these um, little bits of information at a time. It's good. You don't need all of it and consuming all of it at one time. Um, I would also say look at local resources. So. Uh, with respect to promo cares, we did a campaign called Sleep In for Good, and it was a fundraiser for NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, and how there's a direct correlation between kids getting a good night's sleep and your mental well-being. Um, we use social media to, to you know, roll that uh, campaign out. But local resources—they um, have chapters all across the nation—and just talking to, to other people um, when you're not feeling well. And then again. And when I say not feeling well, just even if it's just a stressful moment, it doesn't have to be a, 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 a mental well-being issue. Um, but also, I would say, um, again, just, just be kind. And I think that's the final thing. And, grace. and
0: how can people reach you?
4: Uh, you can send carrier pigeons to Kansas City. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I'm... I, I'm not creative enough to have a creative social media name. So it's just Mandy Rudd. my things, <laughs> Mandy with an I. I guess that makes me creative. Uh, or an email, which is Mandy, M A N D I, at brandenergymarketing.com.
0: All right. And Savannah.
1: So I think my biggest takeaway is that like social lacks a lot of context. So whenever you do start to feel like emotions boiling inside of you or that you've been triggered to some degree, ask yourself, why do additional research, be your own guru, because what you like, what snippet you see on social isn't the whole picture. So you have to like take responsibility yourself and go find the whole picture and then form your own opinion. Um, additionally, you know, when you start to feel yourself, you know, slipping a little bit, spiraling happens to all of us, happens to me all the time. Look outside of yourself. um, Look up from the phone. Go for a walk. Go call your grandmother. Talk to somebody who you love. um, You know, give somebody a compliment. Smile at a stranger, you know. (laughs) Take some deep breaths. These all like sound very, very simple. And they are. And they're not, hey, this isn't going to just cure you of all of, all of your depression and anxiety and you're spiraling in that moment, but it's a step in the right direction and just keep moving towards those things that make you feel better. Um, and I mean, that's, that's kind of all that I do, but I mean, I'm a work in progress just like all of us are. We're, I think we're all human. Mm-hmm. Those well are said. all three options and they give
4: us a nice little reset. that: If you're feeling fired up, don't post it. Save yeah, it, and then come back to it. That's, that's a great years. point. Make a,
0: hours, make um, it take draft. that, Fifteen minutes. I've done that a million times. Twenty-four um, hours, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Probably yeah. save my job a few times by not responding to trolls. But uh, Savannah, how can uh, people contact you?
1: Oh, why, yes, of course, on social media. Um, <laughs> so my my Instagram handle is gifted by Sav, gifted x like like a retail like collaboration S A D. Sav gifted by Sav um, and then on LinkedIn Savannah Dimitru um, I'll spell out Dimitru just because <laughs> you probably don't know how to spell it yourself um, but it's D-M-Y-T-R-I-W and you can reach me at savannah.com. All right and Javi. Yeah
0: so you can reach me at eight six seven five three zero
3: nine. 5309 uh, um, Jenny. Just but uh, no um, honestly for a tip uh, I shut off all non-DM notifications on social media, on my uh, on my app, so I'm reachable if it's like a message and it's urgent. I don't look for likes. I don't look for uh, comments. I'll look at when I can, keeping it you know more intentional about if I'm doing things, uh, then I, I don't want to be bug- bugged because somebody commented on it. I can do it later. Um, and same thing. I shut off notifications on my email. I'm a sales rep. Who doesn't have notifications turned on on his email it's it's a uh, weird i know but i'll look at them when i need to and you know when i when i if i want to look at it at 10 o'clock at night i will i'm not gonna have it be forced upon me so you know be intentional um with your phones there's so many settings now to do it uh and with your time and yeah you can reach me on social i have the same instagram handle as when i was uh in 2013 it's Javi's the man uh, I've really matured because I've left it that way. So it's Javier D A M A N on Instagram or uh, TikTok or uh, Javier Solutions on LinkedIn.
0: All right, and for me, my final piece of advice is: don't be afraid to seek help. I mean, it's you know we're all we all understand that the last couple of years, even before the pandemic, you know. P- life is tough. You know, it's, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, we, we, everyone struggles at some point in their life. And, you know, like Javi, you brought up like men, you know, and mental health. It's like, you know, when I was growing up, I was told like, you know, suck oh, it brush, up, suck it up, brush it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we grow up internalizing. And, and to me, I feel like, it's just been the past five, seven years where I've been able to actually reach out and, and open up, mm-hmm. um, and it's done a world of good for me. And I know it can, you know, you know, if you're struggling and you're afraid to open up, you know, it, my advice is do it. Um, you know, you'll you'll certainly benefit from it. Uh, I don't know anybody who who has opened up and been the worse for it. So to <laughs> me, I feel like don't hesitate. Um, share your feelings. If you have nobody to share your feelings with they're a professional. Me. She'll listen. She'll certainly listen. Anyone on this call, I'm sure, will will be available. Yeah. I would say
5: here. that's a good point though. Make sure that you're opening up to the right person because it can come back to bite you. So I would say a third party counselor, somebody that's not tied into any type of anything, because it can just as easily burn you even more if you talk to somebody that you think you're close to and find out whether you're right. not.
0: Great point, great point. Well, that's it for us today. Everyone, thank you so much for your time. I know uh, you know 90 minutes uh, is a long time to be taken out of your your day, but I think this was an important discussion, one that you know I feel hopefully helps people understand how important your mental health is uh, and how you know important it is for you to, to, to detach from social media. So, I mean, we talk about how important social media is. Especially in the last couple of years with with the pandemic and how how it's been a boon for for businesses, but you know what? It, it's also detrimental to mental health as well. And you have to learn how to balance it. Uh, and I think this is a really good conversation. And I hope it opens up other conversations about people wanting to to get help. So for everyone on this panel, I'm Vinny, and this has been the Social Angle. Thank you so much.